welcome to the MX Vice SMX Review Show uh, with myself, Ben Rumbold, my colleague, Brad Wheeler, and we're joined this week by a special guest, Darian Sanai. So thanks for tuning in. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, all good. good. Then good, nice one. I'll just uh, get make sure we get the announcements through because obviously we had lots of people helping us out uh, to bring this podcast to you. And uh, yeah, speak to a fine gentleman like Darian and uh, getting things uh, sorted out for the uh, SMX review show. Uh, so yeah, first of all, Kawasaki Motors UK, uh, who are pleased to announce the arrival of the K- the new KLX 140R machine range. Uh, the easy to ride KLX 140R lineup offers a 144cc four-stroke engine, plush suspension, push-button electric start, making for great trailblazers for youth riders. Okay, that's 140R machines come in. Um, uh, oops, come in three different sizes, ranging from juniors, uh, first set tens of steps to pushing the door wide open on adult riding and uh, better fun use. The highly regarded KLX 140R range is ready and willing to add fun and enjoyment in 2023. Contact your local off-road dealership for more information. And of course, we're also supported, brought to you by AS3 Performance, the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts from hardware and protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces to performance cooling parts, including silicon radiator kits, uh, radiator hoses, and oversized impeller kits. AS3 also have a huge range of brake, clutch, and gear levers, all with different features and adjustability. Check them out online at www.as3performance.co.uk. We're also fueled by Golf Race Fuels and, and supported, as always, by evenstrokes.com, where you can uh, get a special discount code, which is, Mr. Wheeler? It is Brad Wheeler 10. That's maybe 10, 10% off. Use that code at checkout. And uh, yeah, we've got we've got bottles as well, even strokes bottles that put your armor in them. You, you can put your golf race fuel in it if you want. Uh, yeah, we can uh, get whatever you like. We've got Fly, we've got Scott, Procs, you name it. If we can't get it, they don't do it. <laughs> That's it. And make sure you don't mix your golf race fuel and your armor. Make sure that the, the all bottles are clearly labeled. Yes, excellent. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, here we are running on then to Indianapolis. What an amazing ninth round of the series. Uh, ruts, ruts, and ruts again. And, uh, yeah, uh, Darian, yourself, what was uh, your view from the weekend? What was your main takeaway, apart from waving your Kickstarter around? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I took away that it was, uh, it was more fun to watch, I think, than probably to race since, uh, you know, I had so many ruts and everything. The the first heat of the 250 track looked awesome. And then, you know, as they went on, just kept getting more and more ready. Uh, you know, it looked like they were prepping, like that start and that first section, just so they didn't have, you know, too many crashes and stuff going through there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it definitely looked pretty tricky. I mean, every jump had, had those ruts, you know, even with, you know, like Sexton catching his pegs and crashing, going down stuff. It looked uh, looked challenging for sure. Yeah, it's a yeah, difficult think, one. Uh, Brad, what's your main takeaway? Yeah, just the same. Yeah, they think I think they tried to stay on top of the like the track prep as best they could, but obviously there's there's only so much time they've got in in like the broadcast and everything. So yeah, I think like Darian said, they just tried to focus on the like the first turn area and that first rhythm section just to make sure everyone got away cleanly otherwise it yeah could have been curtains for 50 percent of the field before we'd even reach turn two um yeah i I think it uh well it clearly separated the men from the boys and it i think it really helped like those with like good bike technique up on the pegs um yeah really favored those sort of riders as you saw with Roxon, just uh it, it showed a slow-mo of him going through the whoops just that big long rut just i saw it yeah not yeah. off not off balance at all just up on the pegs just 
dead straight. Yeah, it is uh, not not many people in the world can go through whoops like that in a row. Oh, that's it. Yeah, it looked like he was using his uh, oversized skid plates and impeller kits there from uh, yeah. from AS3 going through those ruts. I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, um, just to, to your thoughts, Darren. You've obviously lived in the Supercross world and, and and been there as a rider. I mean, you get a circuit like that. Uh, some riders seem to like it, uh, although I think the vast majority of people, especially maybe ex-racers, tend to hate it. Um, yeah. Is there much feedback you guys can give about the track? Is there much that you can affect? Can you say to them, look, could you please use harder soil, for example? Or, you know, what, what sort of impact can you guys have as riders um, to track preparation like that? Well, I really didn't race too many Supercrosses because, you know, I was doing, you know, the M- MXGP series over in sure. Europe and stuff. When I came back, I did, but it was during, like, the, the pandemic, the whole COVID situation. So it was quite a bit different. But, I mean, my understanding is there's not a lot that you know riders can say or do unless a bunch of people during the race you know during practice sessions they all complain team managers go up and complain they might be able to change something on the track but as far as soil and stuff goes that's something i think that you know has to be prepared probably that six months in advance um for for supercross but uh yeah i think that it would be definitely challenging to ride those conditions. You could definitely see the people that, you know, succeeded and, and, and enjoyed it. But I think for a lot of riders, it's kind of, you know, they just try to do the best they can and, and, and get through it. And you could see, you know, with Tomac and, you know, certain people is almost like they understand the situation. They're not trying to end their season there. They're trying to just get through so that they can go to the next, next championship round. Yeah, for sure. Just um, to uh, to get you started, and boys, rather than go straight to Kenny, because I know that uh, people want to talk about Kenny, we'll, uh, we'll we'll just head off a little bit on that one. So just yeah. keep people listening until we get to the Kenny bit, perhaps. Um, but yeah, what intrigued me the most, I think, I mean, you mentioned his name there. Uh, we look at the championship situation, and yeah, Cooper Webb is now suddenly going to be red plate holder this weekend coming up uh, thanks to a, a solid ride I don't think he was willing to push it when Barsha came up so um, mm-hmm. Webb certainly had a bit of damage control or, or just a little bit of management should we say and, and perhaps did Tomac over manage it perhaps was he just a little bit too tentative what's what's your view on that first of all uh, yeah Bradley Ant spoke for a bit uh, what, what's your thoughts first um, yeah I think like like Darren said it was like you could you could easily lose your championship there that night by just getting cross-threaded tweaking the knee or something um, I think yeah obviously Tomac is aware of things like that but <clears throat> I also think he was struggling big time um, I think it was another round where he sort of was around that 6th, 7th, 8th mark it was it was also quite ratty um, <clears throat> yeah I just don't think they've got the setup quite right for those conditions on that new Yamaha uh, we've seen what, what he's capable of when like it's, it's obviously the conditions are not that bad it's a bit more hard packed but yeah I think um, well I, I, at one point I thought Cooper was going to sort of have another go back at Barsha and head towards Roxon sort of with about four or five laps to go it looked like he started to catch Barsha back up but then I think Justin sort of got his claws into Kenny and uh, it pulled him away from them and I think yeah, Cooper again knows the point situation. If he's in front of Tomac, then he's he's almost, almost considering that a win. And yeah, like you said, he's coming away with a, a one point lead, and he's a he's a he's a feisty guy. Is our Coop? They're gonna have to really wrestle that red plate away from him. I think now that's he's with that red plate on his bike, he's gonna be a tough cookie to beat. I think now. That's your thoughts, Darren. 
Yeah, definitely. I think um, that that is correct for sure. With Tomac, he you know he's really good when he's at a lot of conditions. But this year, I think it's almost different where he he's gotten his starts better. He has a better overall package, and he's kind of at the point where I feel like he's mature enough to just kind of realize it's not his night and mm. you know just kind of do damage control was it too much maybe we'll kind of we're gonna have to kind of find out but yeah like you said you know it was only it was like two or three rounds ago that he wasn't himself he was riding you know back in fifth or so and yeah. kind of just chilling there he wasn't wasn't making any moves but in it, then it's strange because like at daytona it's pretty soft and it's pretty ready yeah. too and yet he yeah. he does so good so so it is interesting i think for him he's kind of just like okay it's not my night i'm just i'm kind of just gonna chill where before he might have not done that and he might have yeah. pushed harder and i think if he would have maybe pushed harder he probably could have done better but you know he just doesn't want to end his season and i think that's more of like a maturity thing i mean back it was a while ago uh villapoto you know there was a bunch of ruts on a triple face and he like got crossroaded and, and he ended up like ejecting off the bike and he broke his leg I think yeah. pretty bad is femur or, or tib fib, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like, you know, as you get more mature, I think that he yeah. doesn't need to push it and he knows it's a long season. But Webb yeah. also, I think he mm-hmm. had that same decision where he's like, okay, you know, I could go out for the win. I can go try to push for the win, but I'm already gaining points on the guys behind me. Yeah. So he kind of just managed it at that point, I think. Yeah, I think he probably, like Cooper, saw sexton goes down realize he's got a few yeah. bikes in between him and tomac and mm-hmm. yeah it's like, like the cards fall in his favor he's going to be leading with the red plate which he did but it's, it's crazy to think that um go back seven years and it seems like a lifetime ago when tomac was on the kawasaki battle in dungy for the title there was there was one race where tomac was like last around the first corner and it was real similar conditions like rutty and he was just sending the jumps sending the whoops and he was like catch caught dungy left him for dead and went on to win so it's not yeah. like he's no good in the conditions i think it's just mm-hmm. yeah like you said it's wisdom age experience maybe not that comfortable on the bike in those conditions but yeah yeah, well, I maybe, think if, maybe maybe it is the setup then because I mean the the right was on yeah. the heat race, wasn't it? Because the heat race he got the whole shot. He was out in front uh, and must have rang alarm bells when he started working his way backwards. I mean, uh, mm. yeah, Barsha, Roxon, yeah. uh, was it Barsha and, and Anderson all got past him. Yeah, and Sexton mm-hmm. as well, I believe, wasn't it? So well, yeah, wasn't he, he, yeah, yeah, well, he was the last rider on the lead lap. Just like. Mm. Put it in perspective, that right? like, like <laughs> it's a four, like a forty-six, forty-eight second lap, and he was forty-four seconds behind the leader. I didn't like, spot that one. Yeah, yeah two, <laughs> two or three more laps, and they would have been lapping him, and that's he, he didn't even crash. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, yeah, pretty pretty crazy to think about it like that. But well, yeah, it was yeah, absolutely yeah. Because Christian Craig went past him towards the end as well. Mm. So uh, yeah pretty uh, pretty strange one so we'll see see how that pans out it, it is the worst of his uh, of his season as uh, completely so far you mentioned there a few rounds ago Darren which was I guess Tampa uh, where mm. he was six and yeah. Uh, yeah he didn't lose out uh, sorry no he was fifth there my mistake mm. um, so yeah he didn't lose out quite as bad uh, on mm. that one uh, although Cooper did win it so yeah it's um be tasty in it. We got uh, what we got now. It's just literally on the halfway point. I mean, the nine is eight behind us, eight ahead of us now. So, uh, okay. yeah, 
gonna be a good one. Gonna be a good one. Yeah, uh, it's interesting for sure. Definitely. And then, uh, so yeah, and the, the top two, I think, uh, was it? Uh, I mean, not to mention a rival podcast. I don't think we can quite call this a rival to Bubbles World yet. I think he's, I don't <laughs> think he's losing sleep about MX Vice for, you know, we do our best, but uh, old Bubbles World is doing very well there. But he mentioned, I think, uh, the Disneyland sort of syndrome that uh, he's talking about, in particular with Max Anstey. But I think uh, mm. both Ken and, uh, and Justin on the podium were, were right up in that sort of territory, weren't they? I mean, uh, yeah, we'll get to Kenny. I mean, he, he was yeah. good in his heat race, you know, did uh, did nicely there. Barsha did his best to, to take it from him, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a win and uh, and what a, what a great thing for the sport, do you think? Derek? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's, I mean, everybody knows, I mean, since, you know, Ken's been 15 years old, been up front winning world championships, He's he's got it and he knows how to ride a dirt bike. It's just, it, whether it's mental or injuries or certain things that have kind of gotten in his way. Um, but then you see when he's on, he's on, you know? Yeah. And then it's just, I think it's just more of a mental thing. He has to feel good and he has to, to, to ride like he knows how. And when he does that and he decides like we're in the heat, uh, you know, he knew it was just a heat and Barsha yeah. was putting pressure on him mm-hmm. and Barsha passed him. But then in the main, he, I think he decided mentally that he wanted it. He was already yeah. out front and he already did all the work. So he's like, I'm going to take this. And, uh, and it was a good race. It was, it was definitely yeah. had me standing up at the end there, but, um, it, it was cool to see, uh, you know, rocks and take it because, because he has a skill and the talent for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, before, I think uh, before Bradley chimes in there, I mean, I noticed the start, you know, like I, just, I watched it back and then the, the start, mm-hmm. he was like a, a, a bike ahead of Barsha straight out of the gate. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. like almost immediately after there, but yeah, sorry. Good, good, Bradley, what you saying? Um, yeah, just, it's, it's nice to see Kenny, like we've seen it obviously over the years and but like this year we've seen the flashes even on the Suzuki that he's he's still got the like the raw speeds there. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, I I I must admit I thought once Barsha started to cl- close that gap he was gonna sort of ride behind him almost. Um just be real weary of where Barsha was because you you know he's gonna try and run it in on you. But mm-hmm. fair play to Ken he he like rode his lines, rode his race, didn't worry about it raced forward and yeah there was this i think it was the track helped the situation i think as long as you you did the rhythm smooth got in and out your turns um obviously got to that whoop section it was it was hard to make time up on guys um but yeah i think if there's if there's one person you don't want behind you on the last lap is justin barsha <laughs> yeah either him or cooper webb and he had them both lurking sort of back there mm-hmm. um but yeah but fair play to ken it's, it's it's good to see like that the want yeah what was interesting it. to me was there in the last corner i mean Barsha wasn't close enough to make a move, but it was actually surprising that he didn't try to at least just bomb. Yeah, you just he just like everybody see him in the background just dive across the inside, even though <laughs> yeah. Ken's gone across the finish line. Carmichael is saying, "Oh, he's coming and everything," but he just didn't. He just was like, "I don't have <laughs> yeah. it." And just rode the outside, like he just. Like, I, think, right, I you think you can he, have this one. Yeah, I think he said he was. He said on on the podium, he was he was spent. Like that was yeah. He, Gave it everything he had. That was all he had. Um, yeah, just kind of short. Um, but was it Blair or, or one of the commentators on the um, uh, on the, the, the feed was uh, saying that he's actually kind of a bit fed up 
of the drama now. He's kind of like, you know, I think mm. he's like sort of sort of apologized to Sexton for having a go at him after watching back the Daytona sort of cross jumping mm. style incident. And apparently he's also uh, spoken to Jason Anderson as well. So do you think that uh, that really sort of that, that main event, I, I know he said he was spent, but do you think that sort of proves it's not just empty talk that he is actually a little bit fed up with the drama and that he uh, not just go straight for the juggler no. anymore? No, I think he thrives off the drama. <laughs> His uh, yeah, his his whole mentality is is bam bam. You know, that's his identity yeah. in the sport. Yeah. But I but think I he, he's smart. Yeah. He he, he yeah. knows. I think when he can take a move and he'll get it, or when he's going to take another move and he's going to crash. I think he's yeah. gotten smarter in those situations. Yeah, he's not yeah. just on the right hand side of the track and darting across the corner to saw someone's <laughs> front wheel off. But he he still he still lives for that. I think just the the rubbing the bar banging he just he loves it i think mm-hmm. um yeah i he i don't think he's ever been out well maybe not ever but certainly in the year like last few years past he's not just out to murder guys he's just aggressive and he sees a tiny little gap and take it yeah and yeah and i think obviously the, the reputation he's got doesn't help his situations but it's it's He's been, had a pro career for 14, 13 years. So, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This is another yeah, year in the in the main class. So, yeah, yeah so like uh, not many guys can say they've had a, like a career as long and at the, that level as long as he has. So, summer's working. <laughs> more, we need more barshes. <laughs> <laughs> So just to look through the order then, obviously we touched on um, the, the top three uh, and then behind them in this race, we had uh, some nice rides, I thought, from Aaron Plessinger. Uh, he put in a good one there for uh, fourth place uh, and then Jason Anderson in fifth and Adam C. Cerullo, his best result of the year so far uh, in sixth spot. So uh, what do you make of that, um, Darian, with those those guys? Are they starting to find a sweet spot or is it just particularly yeah, attractive um, to them? Plessinger's been doing good all year pretty much. You know, He's been uh, showing that he can run up front. Uh, he used to do like woods, like GNCC mm. racing mm. back in the day. And so, I mean, I used to race with him in amateurs, you know, um, when I was coming up in America and I lived over at Club MX on the East coast. And so when I would go against him, if the track was really ready, like I already knew he's, he's probably going to win, you know, like he's going to be fast. <laughs> yeah. If it was a hard pack track, then, then me and him would be battling. Sometimes I beat him, but when it was ready, he's so tall and he's good at it. Mm. So I'm, he did well, but I'm surprised he didn't do even better than than uh, what he yeah. finished because he he's got the skill. And then as far as Adam goes, I mean, you know, having to miss a couple rounds, uh, you know, kind of that same same situation. It's like, you know, he's just trying to to get better and build, 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 and then has a, a situation where he, he gets hurt a little bit and has to miss some rounds. That's always, you know, pretty crappy. But I think for him, he's pretty he's pretty pumped about, you know, getting a sixth um, and just, you know, being able to be there and be somewhat up front. Yeah, I'm yeah. right behind his teammate as well. But. Yeah, yeah, I think it was good for him. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, obviously Adam been riddled with injuries, so... Yeah, I think a six in conditions like that, where it's really easy just to tip over and make a mistake, I think is a real sort of promising ride. And same, same with Anderson. I, I know he's not where he wants to be, but he's he's more of like a a hard pack guy. He thrives when there's not a lot of traction. He's able to find it. Um, 
yeah, so I think a fifth, and obviously like they're both in front of Tomac, and he's points leader. So yeah, it's um yeah, I, I think yeah, two good rides. Anderson had a proper moment sliding out, didn't he? Trying to get on terms with uh, I think it was um, with Plessinger actually. Yeah, he slid right out in one of those mm. uh, corners there, and uh, yeah, he just certainly was uh, having issues with traction right there in that moment. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, normally, like you say, he's able to get on the gas and uh, and, and find it. But uh, yeah, yeah that uh, was a little bit more tricky for him. So coming through, I mean, uh, just look at the championship now before we uh, go on to the 250s then. So yeah, you've got that one point between Webb and Tomac. And the one rider that we haven't mentioned yet, of course, Chase Sexton. Uh, yet again, another crash uh, when he was threatening to move further up. Um, and uh, yeah, he ended up, uh, obviously, yeah, a lap down and in uh 10th place in the end so um yeah what's what's your what's your thoughts on the the sexton conundrum down is he gonna be able to break out of this sort of mistakes sort of yeah funk, uh, yeah or is, uh, is it something that is now he's just really just kind of I mean, what do you do what do you do in this situation you're the pro i don't need something i think the problem is is a lot of the crashes are just like kind of like weird coincidence mm. things like even like last night's like dude are you kidding me like again like yeah. he's got the speed he's got everything um he even has the technique he has it all but like how do you prevent that crash that he had last night like his peg just caught and he just went over the bars yeah. it's like that's tough i mean some of the some of the crashes i actually believe that he can fix them because i think that once he starts to get a little bit loose to get a little bit loose and he starts to crash he kind of looks i mean this is just you know my opinion but i think he looks at the weight on how to get out of the crash without getting injured once mm-hmm. he already is starting to crash rather than thinking how do i not crash like i need to <laughs> force this yeah. bike to not let me go down basically he starts to like get kind of like squirrely get off and then he looks like okay i'm gonna jump for this tough block right here like you know go down yeah. but i don't know i think that you know he's strong like the way he trains and everything but i think Mm. that he could in some of the situations he could fight just a little bit harder to try to stay up and then some of them it's like dude there's nothing you could do it's just like i guess bad luck i'm not really sure but uh i think i believe he's gonna get it figured out it's just is he gonna get it figured out this season Mm. Uh, um and, and Brad, you probably suffer a similar t- to me on this one with being an over the over the six foot mark. Um, do you find that it's perhaps more difficult for taller riders? Like you know, once they start to go, you 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 are gone. Whereas someone like Cooper Webb, and of course we saw in the past with Carmichael and people like that, a little bit shorter can maybe get away with the odd moment and save it. But do you think it's more uh, difficult for I mean, taller riders to save it's, it? It's pros and cons. Um, obviously, you're, you're taller, so you you obviously got longer legs. You can try and fight and save yourself, but also it's like a bigger weight shift. If you get your weight off, mm-hmm. if you're off balance, then it's it's more weight to one side than what it would be if you're shorter of stature. Um, I I think the height argument so like it's such a grey area isn't it it's like self-serving is it just my yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like obviously Carmichael is like five foot nothing like greatest of all time and on the other end of the sweatshirt and there's like Stefan Everett he's like near like 5'10 yeah. 5'11 or even taller than that's all he is for sure and then he's like the next best rider of all time is um I, th- I think it's just, yeah but I think in, in Chase's situation I think sometimes he has poor line choice which doesn't help 
Um, it just seems doesn't seem to change his lineup too much. Sort of sits in the same line a lot, mm-hmm. unless he does like make a mistake, then he then he moves it. But sometimes he doesn't make the mistake; it ends up being a crash. Um, and then mm-hmm. other times, I think he's just asking for too much out of the track. Um, just, yeah. I mean, we know how fast he is. He's, he sets blisteringly fast lap times, like two, three seconds, like quicker than the rest of the field at times. And I think he he tries to do that in the main events, and he just asks ask too much out of the track or out of the bike at times. Yeah. Um, I think he's just got to try and find that that balance in the middle because we've seen what he can do when he when he doesn't crash. Like the speed is clearly there, and the fitness is there. It's just, uh, yeah, he needs to obviously stay off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so, yeah, looking, looking through from there then, and, uh, yeah, the rest of the championship standings. Um, whoops, wrong, wrong screen. Uh, yeah, so you've got, uh, say, uh, behind the uh, behind uh, Sexton, you've got Anderson there now. He's uh, is starting to get a lot further back now, 30-odd points. So it's looking to start to be out of reach mm-hmm. of him. He's only only actually two points ahead of Roxon right now, and then Barsha just behind them. So, uh, yeah, going to be tricky for Jason, I think, to, to catch up for the rest of this. But you've got Detroit, Seattle, Glendale, Atlanta, the next four rounds. Is that more edging towards like the hard pack style sort of circuits? They use harder dirt in those areas, mm-hmm. if I remember rightly. Detroit, Which one? Seattle. What was it? Sorry, did you, did you say Detroit? Detroit, Seattle, Atlanta. I think uh, Glendale, De- sorry. I think Detroit, so not not Atlanta. Uh, Detroit, yeah. Seattle, yeah, Glendale, Atlanta. Pretty soft. Seattle, if it depends if it's raining. Yeah, or not. I think I, from what I remember on watching bar to bars, I think uh, Seattle seems to sort of can get quite rutty as well. It's an outside stadium. It is outdoor in it, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Detroit. I remember is like quite hard, a little bit loose. Um, yeah, Glendale again is quite hard, I think, from memory. But obviously, uh, Atlanta's the speed, another speedway. Uh, yes. So that'll be relatively soft. Um, yeah, mo- I mean, for Supercross, most time, you know, if you're doing 250, West Coast is going to be the hard pack rounds, and East yeah. Coast is going to be more, you know, loamier soil, kind of, you know, ready. Just how long have we got until first East West? Is that is that one of those rounds? Do we know? Or is um, that... The East West, I believe, is Nashville. Mm. Okay, Nashville. I think nice. all right. Round fifteen. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong. And then the, then the that's final the first round. one. Or is it Atlanta? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, but I'm not, I, I've not got a screen that tells me if it's two if it's uh, the both. So I'll, I'll look that up when we get to the two fifties. I'll uh, look that up in time for that conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. So anything else four fifty? Want to mention anybody else that uh, sort of caught your eye, catches your eye, or you think has got uh, work to do or stuff to do? Um, no, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're obviously seeing the the cream rise to the top now. Uh, if if um, Chase can't sort of sort of stop these mistakes, then if the gap is going to be too big between Tomac and Webb, because I think those two now are going to start to really hit their stride in the second half of this in the second half of this championship. Because um, obviously with Cooper having the point to see, Tomac is well aware what he's capable of when he gets on gets on a bit of a run and gets his confidence out. So Tomac really needs to bounce back this weekend and um, yeah, yeah, basically take the point to sleep back. 
Oh, I yeah, think with those Cooper, two starting Cooper's to gonna fight. Battle, mm, I think with those two pushing each other on, Sexton needs to go with them now, or it's, or it's not going to happen. It's going to be a two-horse race going down to Salt Lake. Good stuff. Okay, then. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we get to um, the 250s. Okay, so, uh, uh, again, another Lawrence uh, making it uh, make it difficult to um, uh, predict the races. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not, as the case may be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, interesting. I mean, the Yamaha guys could quite seem to get on uh, onto terms with him. I mean, Thrasher lost a little bit of time early on and then couldn't quite uh, get into to Lawrence's lead there. Um, how are you seeing the 250 situation, Darren? Do you think anybody's going to have anything for Hunter for the rest of this season or do you think he's going to get all the way to that sort of near-perfect sort of season that he's sort of heading for now? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's really good. You know, he's got, he's got the speed, he's got everything. Um, you know, he got the whole shot too on top of it. Um, and everything he does is just super clean. I think that Thrasher, if he's really feeling it, or even Smith, if he's really feeling it and he has a mistake-free race, that they could uh, potentially beat him, you know, in some of the rounds. But as far as the championship goes, unless, you know, uh, Hunter has something that's, that, you know, is an injury or a crash during, you know, a D DNF or something like that, I don't really see him losing the championship at this point. Uh, I think Thrasher is the closest in speed wise but he's just not quite as clean as hunter is like hunter in, over the last couple of years he he wasn't but he's figured it out now to where he's got kind of everything he's got the entire package basically what we've seen from jet so i think that's going to be the the funnest races if nashville is the first east-west shootout uh, having... just uh just correct myself there so i was um, I, I was around late there it's actually uh east rutherford okay so it's at uh, metlife stadium the uh the oh, okay. stadium uh is the yeah, so... east west my mistake round 14 <laughs> Nice. Yeah, that's the first, uh, you know, East-West shootout. I'm I'm pretty interested to see, you know, who who beats each other between Jet and Hunter because Hunter's Hunter's picked it up this year. Before Jet, you know, got like first and Hunter got seconds and thirds, you know, in in the shootouts and stuff. But uh, this year, I don't know. It's it's going to be close. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, yeah, like you said, Hunter's really sort of cleaned his game up this year. I think he, I think Nate Thrasher is kind of where Hunter was last year with Christian, with Hunter, with Christian Craig. Like mm -hmm. he had the speed at times, but just like little mistakes, not getting at the start. Hunter's just on point all weekend. Just if he yeah. doesn't get the start, he's he's up into that top three by the end of the first lap. Uh, if he does get the start, he doesn't he doesn't override the track, doesn't try and do too much, just sort of couple tenths here and there and then yeah mistake free like basically just the jet, same as jet on the on the west coast they're just doing what they need to do like yeah. they know they don't need to win by 40 seconds like one second is mm -hmm. perfectly fine you get yeah, 26 points to. either way mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah like they said in fast and furious you can win by an entry you can win by a mile the win's a win <laughs> yeah exactly True though. Good one. <laughs> I, I'm not. Uh, I don't know. Those Fast and Furious. Like I've watched them a couple of times. I can't quote them off. I'm really sorry. I feel inferior. Yeah, just the first one. The first one's the best. I'll, I mean, there's so many of them. I think they're on the twentieth one now. But yeah, it's the first one. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, I mean, um, obviously, uh, British guys were all cheering for Max Anstey, although he's starting to get some heat in the the points now because uh, yeah, the uh, mm-hmm. the Yamaha boys are starting to recover from their sort of initial issues. I mean, Nate Thrasher second, Jordan Smith third. Uh, it's nice to see Smith having a good season after his issues in the past. Um, yeah, yeah where, where are you seeing a, a more mature Nate Thrasher? It looks like he could really at least maybe pick one win. Do you think you could pick him off for one of them? Right. Yeah, he he already got one, didn't he? Right. Uh, he did get one in the um. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, he did he did get one, but um, it wasn't quite a. I think catch and pass I think he can get scenario. An, I think he could get another. I think it's you know likely. I mean, he's pretty confident. He's confident in himself. Um, you know, and it just takes if he gets a whole shot and Hunter gets a bad start. I don't know if I mean maybe, but Hunter coming up all the way through the pack and and you know passing him at the end like we had that one race I forgot the round but is where it started raining and they had that long sand section he passed him right you know in the last corner. Yeah. Um, but Thrasher's pretty confident in himself. I mean, I've heard him say in an interview, you know, if he normally if he gets a good start, he wins. And um, and I think he still, you know, has the potential. And I think Jordan Smith uh, has the potential now that he's getting more confident. I think he he won his heat race and then he got third in in the main. Um, you know, and he wasn't like far off speed wise. You know, he he just didn't have enough to catch to catch the two guys. But it's not like mm-hmm. he was you know fading way back. So I think that. Those three, um, you know, they're they're going to be good competition. Everybody else it seems like they're a little bit, uh, you know, behind. Um, I actually forgot that Jordan Smith was in the main, so I said that I thought Hunter was going to get first and Thrasher was going to get second, and I thought Anstey was going to get third. That's what I called right before the gate drops. Me and okay. my buddies, we always, you know, do it. I don't, I don't go on the fantasies or anything, but I'll just do it more there in, in person. But then, yeah, right as the gate went down, I was like, oh shoot, Jordan Smith. He's kind of, you know, he's always like a a hit or miss if he if he stays up. Like he's probably yeah. going to be in the top three. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think those guys, and then you know you got Tom uh, Vial, and then you got Deegan. Deegan, you know, had a podium the week before. Um, he had a crash. You know, he, he's still learning and stuff, but he's a solid, you know, top five, top three kid too. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about the Yamaha boys there, Brad? They got much. Do you think much hope of uh, taking either a win and or the title from here on in? Uh, no, I, I can't see them taking the title. Not. Not yeah. now. I mean, he's already got over a race lead over um, Nate Thrasher in third and almost a race lead over Max in second. Um, I, d- I don't think Max is thinking title. Um, I, think, <laughs> yeah, I think he's just, he's just happy, to, happy to be there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, he's I can, killed I it this see, year. Yeah, he's had a great year. I think I can see I can still see him holding on to second I can't see I just can't see Nate and Jordan Smith going like top three out for the rest of the season they're just too too mistake prone at the moment um, I can see Nate getting a, a win another win obviously we got Atlanta coming up I think he won he won one of the races they had there when they had like the double header mm. so he's mm. got Good vibes going there. I think he can he can snatch a win there from Hunter. Yeah, um, yeah I think as as this thing winds down as well, I think Hunter knows that Nate's probably the closest one on speed, and if he's out front, there's no need to try and push it to to get the win when you've already got a thirty point lead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's but yeah, Deegan, 
now. Yeah, I, but I think it's how can you not be impressed with Hayden Deegan? I mean, oh. first yeah. first season in the pro class, already got a podium, and like not just a flash in the pan. Sort of like he's been consistent in that top five. Is and the fitness is there. Like yeah. a lot of the a lot of these quick rookies you see, they come out sort of blistering fast in the heat race. Um, like get the start they're running like top three in the main event and then sort of fade fade back but he's he's like still passing guys coming up to the 15 minute yeah. mark and yeah yeah like doing what he did at Daytona sort of catching Jeremy Martin like muscling him out of the way going on to take a third that's that's incredible yeah. it's impressive for, for sure yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a uh, he's uh, he's been on Supercross since he was little, you know. So I always, yeah, knew, you know, when I riding at like twelve years old, that he's gonna be good. And I thought there's a potential that he'll be able to win his first year in Supercross, his championship, the first year that he goes pro. But he went up a little early. He decided mm-hmm. to go up this year early. If he would have, you know, ran all of those Supercrosses, um, what the amateurs do because they run it on, you know, they have certain rounds yeah, that they can actually just- ride the real Supercross track in the futures so if he would have done that all year and then gone in next year imagine how much i mean he'll be stronger now from this racing the pros yeah but if you would have just waited it out and gone it could have been even better for his rookie season you know rookie sensation Uh, i thought it was yeah but i thought it was pretty funny they had uh, a chris blows when he got the whole shot he he was uh you know doing better this week and they said that his first um his first career start was in 2006 and they said that Deegan was two months old <laughs> when Chris Bloss yeah. was racing his first pro. Literally yeah. old enough to be his dad, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty wild. It's nice to see the pro circuit Kawasaki up there. I'd forgotten they always mm. existed almost. I know. Uh, yeah, obviously had a, yeah. a seriously rough year. Such a shame for those guys. I mean, uh, um, yeah, I, I have heard that, uh, yeah, they did offer a few riders uh, the, uh, uh, the the handlebars to, that, uh, to one of those bikes. But yeah, obviously uh, other people had teams in in uh, in situ already and that was that so uh but yeah good to see chris at least getting out there up there running up towards the front of the heat race and uh yeah then in the race he eventually got through to uh what was it sixth as uh, yeah sixth place um not far behind mm-hmm. anstey and just overtaking deacon as he went down so yeah they were they were around sixth and seventh those guys but yeah the age difference is quite unbelievable really <laughs> yeah that's crazy yeah i think he was up front and then he He's like faded back a bit and then he caught up again yeah. um, during you know the, the middle end of the race. He's a strong boy. I saw, yeah, I saw Chris at uh, Cardiff and he's like, uh, he's a proper solid piece of work. I mean, uh, you can see why the yeah. bounce off him. <laughs> wow. Yeah he, yeah, he did arena cross quite a bit and he was always strong in, in the arena cross um, with that. But yeah, I didn't even know that he was he was retired and then he he had it officially retired and then he came back to race you know on pro circuit so yeah pretty, uh, i think you pretty are pretty funny but he's doing better absolutely and then um, one thing to, to note there i mean jeremy martin i i, I felt uh, quite i don't know i felt quite sad for the jmart on the after daytona you know i thought he'd, he'd sort of like you say he got past he'd gone backwards a track that he's done really well out in the past like one and been on the podium mm-hmm. most times so i thought martin struggling at daytona that's a real that must be a real kick in the teeth and then he comes back with a nice ride in this one uh to come through eventually to fourth after a, a pretty poor start what do you think the future holds for j mark do you think he should stay 250 or do you think he should follow his brother up to uh, run a, a 450 rookie in his 30s 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, as far as, you know, Daytona um, goes, Jeremy Martin probably assumed that he was going to do better. I think I saw a Club MX video on YouTube where, uh, you know, he just said he he wasn't comfortable. He he couldn't get comfortable, couldn't get comfortable on the bike for some reason. I'm not sure, you know, what that was. Uh, But that's unfortunate for sure, you know. And uh, when you're racing – is pretty much all comfortability you know how, how comfortable you are is how fast you can push it and how fast you can ride so that's definitely an important piece to it um which that that does suck for him uh getting a fourth you know he's never really been the best supercross uh racer you know in the 250s and that mm. but he rode strong um i'm interested to see how he does um in outdoors but then you know you got the bike difference you know how big of a difference is it i know that club max bike's really good you got a twisted engine um but on outdoors is it going to be able to compete with the star yamaha 250s you know we're just going to have to to be able to see but as far as him moving up to 450 that's a that's a tough call i mean he's able to to make a living and he's already done it for so many years on 250 he's a smaller guy um I don't know. It, it would it'd be his his personal choice. Maybe if he were able to get an opportunity, he would do it. Um, I'm not sure what you know Club MX has if they have something for him or not. Right, what's your thoughts, Brad? Uh, yeah, I think like Darian said, he's he's like everyone knows Jeremy's. He's basically just in it to get through the Supercross and just do as best he can outdoors. Is really where where he shines. Um, I don't think the Star Yamaha is being as big an advantage for what it was um, like going back a few years ago like we've seen it uh, Millville he was battling with Ferrandis when he was on the on the Geico Honda and was like severely underpowered mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. but now I think um, I mean we've seen with Jet and Hunter the, those Hondas are perfectly capable Shimoda last year on the pro circuit bike was perfectly capable um, yeah I think mm-hmm. the guys over at club will have built like a strong motor I, I don't see the bike being yeah, I think it's good being a big a big issue um, but obviously he's he's getting up there in age a little bit now um, I I mean we've seen him ride the 450 in Supercross he uh, jumped up at Daytona like going back um, yep. quite a while ago now um, but finished I think he finished second um, yeah, was, um, behind Tomac yeah it was so yeah it's virtually a win then isn't it <laughs> yeah so yeah, obviously can ride the 450 perfectly well. But yeah, I think yeah. Um, especially with the new point system or like the not pointing out rule anymore in the 250s, I think helps his case to stay down. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So basically now you only move up if you win a title. You get a, you oh, get okay. a year to defend and then you're out. So yeah, if you don't win a title, you can stay in there until you do the best. forever. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So yeah, talk of uh, Marty Davalos coming back for twenty four. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think Jeremy Martin he didn't race one time because of that, right? And so, yeah, like, exactly. So now he can, like, obviously him, Jordan Smith, uh, Michael Moseman, they're all like older guys, and I think as long mm-hmm. as they keep getting those sort of. 250k 300k a year contracts in the 250s there unless they get a, get mm-hmm. a good deal to move up i think they're more than happy yeah know, why in switch the 250 eh? class battling for wins and <laughs> yeah yeah 
Nice one. You, uh, you mentioned Moseman, and he was kind of like my next uh, next one to talk about. It's a real shame to see that he's uh, he's gone out after his Daytona crash. Uh, Darren, do you know much on the uh, on that side of the of the pond? There, have you heard much about Michael and his situation? Is he okay for a ride next year with that team? Is he staying there? What what, what do you know of that situation? Um, I honestly don't know anything, and I see him. You know, he lives right by me and stuff, and you know, we're all friends. And, well, and everything. Go next, so, yeah, he calls me. <laughs> yeah, he calls me. Calls me right. sometimes during the week, and we talk about you know real estate and different stuff. And cool. I, I honestly don't know anything about um, you know his his plan as far as racing and you know what his deal is and everything. But I do know that you know he's a good rider. Um, yeah. He hasn't gotten the results this year that I think he's capable of and what he's done even in the past. Um, I didn't know that he was uh, skipping this weekend from the, the crash from the last weekend. I'm not sure. I think he hit his head or something at, at Daytona. I thought, um, it was a, I thought it was a shoulder. Yeah. I thought it was a... Oh, sorry. really? I don't know. Well, so I saw the broadcast. He was out because of shoulder. Yeah, it was, it was... I mean, maybe it wasn't yeah. his head. Yeah, as I, I, I thought I heard shoulder, but yeah, he definitely uh, did miss this mm. race because of Daytona. Yeah. 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 Which, which unfortunate, I'm not sure if he's, you know, going to be at the next one or, or what, but, uh, I think he just needs to focus on now. I mean, championships, not, not possible anymore. So it's just mm. go out and do the best that you can every single race. You've got uh, yeah. Detroit coming up round 10, uh, next week. And then you got, uh, they got a, a break on the East, uh, for two weeks. They got the, uh, mm. West races, Seattle and Glendale, and then Atlanta in the East. And then that East West showdown, uh, at East Rutherford. So, uh, yeah, they've got um, perhaps if he's uh, missing next week and then he's got two weeks to uh, maybe recover. Hmm. Uh, and then, yeah. 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 Another, another. Where, where's, where's East Rutherford? Uh, uh, New Jersey. Mm. Okay. Like, Life Stadium. Sorry. Yeah. My, uh, my, mm-hmm. I'm covering up my New York Giants football over here. So, uh, yeah, I know, I, I know that stadium well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think um, I'm not sure what is like contract is or anything or um, if he's got another year or if this is like contract year but I think um, if he can just show some flashes in, like, in the last couple of rounds or even in outdoors sort of yeah. run up front just mm-hmm. anything really just something he can hang his hat on I think I think he'll be relatively safe I think there's not really anyone that I can really think of that is like pining for a factory ride that doesn't already have one uh, unless obviously you give it to like a rookie Um but yeah, I think he's got to show something. Even, yeah, even if it's just like lead yeah. a couple laps. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Of, I'm not sure what the issue is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, so tough situation. We are uh, we are a, a, um, uh, an English and European uh, uh, website uh, <laughs> organization. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to blatantly uh, get a bit more patriotic now with uh, with uh, two euros. Obviously, moving over there. Uh, let's talk about Tom Bial first. I mean, um, known on this side uh, of the Atlantic Divide as being an amazing starter, and he's uh, didn't quite live up to that at the weekend. But yeah, where, where do you see Tom? Darren, have you, have you watched him much from trackside? And it, it, it looked like he was um, really struggling in the whoops from the rare pieces of footage they had of him. But yeah, what, what's your take on Tom Bial so far? 
yeah, I mean, that's, you know, pretty expected, you know, coming over and, and you know, not having too much Supercross background. Just the fact, you know, the whoops are, are hard. I mean, they're scary. Um, and so just to get over that fear, I think it takes a year for pretty much everybody to get over that fear and fully commit to the whoops um, and get the technique and everything down. So I think for, for the most part, you know, he's doing everything pretty good. He hits all the jumps. You know, he does everything pretty clean. I think um, one thing that he hasn't been getting so much of is, you know, good starts where like in, in Europe, you see pretty much all the KTM guys. I mean, when I was racing over there, you see all the KTM guys getting whole shots pretty much every time, you know, started with Prado and then, you know, uh, Vial and everybody, they, they have their starts perfected. I'm not sure uh, why he's not, you know, getting the starts, but I do see a lot of mistakes on the starts from him. Um, you know, whether it's like hitting his front tire and wheeling or kind of, you know, crossing the bars up a little bit. Okay. So I think if he can get that down, that's going to really help him. To, so if he can be up front every single race, he's going to learn the speed, you know, because he doesn't quite have it yet. He's doing really good. And he's, hmm. you know, he's around that top five he's to six, in, seven area. Yeah, eight, eight in points at the moment. But yeah, he did have a big crash at Daytona. Eight, yeah, eight in points. Um, but he's doing pretty good. And I think, you know, it's pretty impressive what he's done so far. I think that it's just going to take experience and time um, to get to get the whoops down a little bit better and, and get a little bit faster in some of the sections. Uh, but I'm, yeah. I'm pretty impressed with what he's got so far. And, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he does in outdoors. Mm, yeah, very much so. Yeah. I'm really, yeah, keep my fingers crossed from that side. Mm. Bradley, what do you see? Yeah, I think, obviously, yeah, yeah um, Tom Vial, he's, he's like you said, he's got no Supercross experience, really. Um, like, wasn't one of the yeah. French people growing up that did the like the french arena cross or supercross series like this is like basically completely new to him um so i think that's kind of in his head when he's on the line like he's not not that he's not fully focused on the start but obviously back in gps like the track wasn't a worry like it was like just get the start yeah. and like lead from the front whereas now it's sort of like he's got the track to contend with as well as the other 21 other riders but i think yeah going to outdoors that it'll sort of be back to normality to him and they're introducing the grids start for the nationals as well yeah which nice. is going to help oh, again nice. um so yeah mm-hmm. i think yeah into the nationals if hunter lawrence wasn't out there i probably would have pegged him as like my pick to win the title um okay but just because Hunter's so like tuned in and locked in this year, I think that's a tough ask. But I can definitely see him getting some wins. Yeah, I, I think Vial's a tough enough yeah. crack. I mean, there's, there's two championships uh, over here. I mean, one he got hurt in probably would have been three uh, if, if he was allowed to do that. But uh, yeah, from, from that side, he's mm. just um, super impressed with how he's, he handled his championship situations. I mean, yes, Iago Hirtz did fall off, but Vial got the starts that he needed to. When he needed to be mm-hmm. up there, he was up there. Uh, and I, I don't think he's going to crack under pressure. I think you're right, no. Brad. I think that, uh, that whole thing about he's still uncertain of the circuit and a little bit unconfident mm-hmm. yeah not quite yeah. Got the full confidence uh with, with supercross is uh is hindering him but yeah if he hasn't got those issues it, obviously he's done single day practice and then racing because he did that during the covid times yeah uh, and mhgp so that the single day format won't be a big adjustment for him will it no no it shouldn't uh, be too bad i just think you know the, the way that they prepare the tracks it's still even though it's outdoors and it's motocross in europe and then compared to you know ama the the way that they prepare the tracks is 
completely different. You know, I don't know why yeah, they do yeah. it. I mean, I understand why they say they do it. They flood the tracks in the morning and they rip it super deep and they have it completely flooded to where the lines are just terrible. You know, I mean, there's like you're going down a straightaway like at Fox, <laughs> you know, there's like two ruts all the way down the straightaway and, and everybody Jeez. in the whole race is following like the two ruts when it's a huge wide track. So nice. I'm not sure why they, you know, flood the track as much as they do. They probably don't need to that much. I know that they do it for dust and, and certain yeah. reasons, but I mean, in Europe, they never rip the track that deep or, or water no. it that much. And it, it's dusty. Some rounds are really dusty, but some aren't. And so I think there's kind of a balance, you know, and that was one thing that I, when I did, you know, the couple outdoors and stuff I did after racing Europe, I just realized, I'm like, dang, this like track sucks. The first race or the first practice, <laughs> it sucks. I'm putting on a paddle tire and it's not even a sand track. I'm putting on the sand tire and it's not enjoyable. Um, nah. We'll see how it is this year. And then also the heat, every round is super hot. Yeah. And, in america yeah. so that's one thing that i mean i struggle with heat um i always have just it's hard for me to push 100 percent when it's really hot um but when i was in europe i was the one who was strong when it was hot because i'm kind of i was mm. a little bit used to it so like sure. the montova italy and stuff like that when i was doing the emx championship and everything i was the one at the end of the moto still going when everybody was kind of fading back just because nobody in europe is really used to you know that hot weather mm. so i'm not sure with tom you know his experience with it i'm sure he'll probably do okay but those are two main factors that people don't really consider especially when you're watching on tv yeah. is the way that the track's prepared so the lines form differently and then also you know the heat is a big factor too I should, yeah I shouldn't get carried away then no, i think <laughs> yeah but i think i think he'd be in that top three top five still yeah i think when we saw when roxon came over his first year he sort of struggled towards the end of the races just with it yeah. being so hot um yeah. but yeah like getting the tracks down he didn't he didn't seem to have an issue with it seems like they've not all the rounds they're flooding or it didn't seem like it last year a couple of them they sort of didn't rip so deep mm, um, yeah. like places like millville they left it a little bit harder so pe like people could like you yeah, could actually nice. square people off rather than just rut cross mm -hmm. but uh yeah i think obviously it is going to be an adjustment for him but he's a two-time world champion for a reason yeah. Mm. yeah for sure he knows it's going to be very interesting and then uh, yeah finally gets away with the Union Jack there with uh, back to Max Anstey so yeah second in points still hanging on to it there um, he has had uh, now two fifth places in a row after his run of podiums um, so what was he on no he's on the podium sorry two fifth places either side of that Daytona podium so yeah Max I mean yeah he's talked about sort of resetting he was on this show and telling us about resetting and, and getting on to uh, sort of 250 almost championship winning pace um, mm -hmm. I'm hoping that he might stay another year in the 250s next year I don't know if that's his plan but um, yeah what, what do you see his chances Darren do you think he might well uh, make the leap to the next step if something happens to to, to, to Hunter maybe or uh, yeah what do you see from Max to I think I think year? what he's I think what he's done so far is super impressive you know getting multiple podiums uh you know being up front the fact that he's second in the championship and he's on a satellite team uh mm -hmm. still you know he's not on a factory bike i think that's super impressive um if he could stay in the top three in the championship and get another podium or two throughout the season that would be you know basically a win i think for him and he'd be super happy on that and it just sets up him in america you know that he's a player 
again, you know, and especially being in that 250 class, like you said, we don't know, you know, certain riders, uh, there's probably going to be a couple spots opening up on a factory team. So if he does, you know, the top three, he's going to be looking uh, pretty strong uh, for another team going into Supercross next year. Yeah, and he's not doing outdoors, we hear, Brad, is that right? He's, he's, what he mm-hmm. said to us, he's not doing outdoors, he's doing World Supercross, then Australia, yeah. and then coming back in yeah, next year. Yeah, he said he went, like, 4-4 four, four at Southwick a couple of years ago and got $1,500. Yeah. And he said he'd much rather just do the, do the World Supercross and make that on a qualifying yeah. race or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing Max at the outdoors or the, or the nations from what he said, so... No, no, he did say he was definitely not not of the nations, being as it's the same track where he got landed on uh, a few yeah. years ago. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a shame because he's probably one of our best riders right now. I think uh, certainly if he keeps his confidence up. Anyway. Where's Where's yeah. nations? Uh, Erne. Uh, yeah, Erne. Oh, Erne. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Erne in yeah. France. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, he got landed on in 2015 on the, the Saturday practice. Mm. Um, oh, I can't remember who by now. Rav Schnecker. Rav Crash on his necker. Land him. <laughs> <laughs> that was when he was, he was on the, the Dixon Kawasaki. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Dean Dean Wilson put in a great ride that day. I remember on the on the Sunday, Dean Wilson was pretty much a, a lone gunner because I think um, mm. our other rider struggled as well. I can't remember who it was. I think Simpson uh, had had issues as well. But yeah, um, Dean rode really well for a, what was clearly a losing cause. I was I remember being seriously impressed by Dean Wilson at that one. Yeah, but there we go. That's good. So yeah. a shame for Dean as well. He got. Uh, Tangled up in the Sexton crash, and then he um, uh, just as mentioned, Dean Wilson. There, you got tangled up by Sexton crashing in front of him, and then he crashed yeah. in front of Tomac. So he got he got right in amongst the championship winners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he posted on Instagram a couple, couple sketchy yeah. moments. Bit TV time. I mean, he's he's running ninth yeah. of the championship there. What do you see from from uh, from Dean? Do you think he's got the capacity to run up maybe top five, maybe get, get somewhere up towards the top end before the year's out? Or do you think he's got? I think if, I, I think if he can just you know uh, keep getting you know more confident in himself and keep you know being being strong and and getting in the top tens, I think is what his goal is to be in the top mm-hmm. tens. I'm not sure if he's you know aiming for those top fives. If he can, obviously he he would go for it. But I think if he could just be solid uh, top ten guy, he'd be pretty happy with that. Nice one. So yeah. finally, guys, we'll uh, get done because we're getting close to the hour now. So uh, time for us to wrap things up here on the MX Vice uh, SMX Review Show. Uh, so now then, uh, uh, predictions-wise, we uh, we missed out um, uh, indeed because we, we uh, had a, an issue with getting things set up. But uh, yeah, in terms of predictions for Detroit then, guys, 250, one, two, three. What do you reckon? Darren, you want to call it first? I mean, I just don't really see anything changing from where we're at right now, you know? Okay. I think, uh, I think it's just safe, safe bet. Say the same, same top three: Hunter, Hunter, Nate, and and Jordan. Uh, it, something might change between those. Between those, maybe Deegan will run up front. Uh, but I guess you know, if you were actually betting money, that's probably the safest, safest bet right there. <laughs> nice one, Brad. Go for it. Um, I'm gonna go uh, Hunter. Smith and Steve. Nice. Good stuff. And you say, yeah, Detroit's more sort of uh, rut uh, orientated, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm going to go against you guys. I think I'm going to go for a Thrasher win. There you go. uh, Anstey second, 
and something's bound to happen to Hunter, but he'll still get third. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Just to be different and look smart, possibly next oh, week. <laughs> yeah, you might get you might get lucky. I might not look smart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. And four fifties then. Um, um, Darren. Four fifties. I'm gonna say that Sexton's gonna have a rebound, and Cooper Webb will be second, and Tomac will be third. Oh, Mario. Brad? Um, I'm going to go... Uh, Tomac's going to win. Anderson, second, and Webb, third. Oh. Mm. Nice one. Uh, I'm going to go for a Webb win. I think this is Cooper's time. I think he's now going to nail nail the coffin. I think it'll be a last yeah. quarter pass on Ken Roxon. <laughs> <laughs> Just for old time's sake, <laughs> just to do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, I bear, bear in mind, like the number of hits a picture of Ken waving his kickstart got this website, mm. like our socials. Oh, really? Unbelievable numbers. I, I don't think I want to embarrass anybody with the numbers, but yeah, it was like, yeah, by far our biggest um, social response to any post uh, for the whole year oh, wow. uh, was just me screenshotting Ken waving his kickstart around. Uh, and saying wave as your kickstarts and yeah the, <laughs> just, the numbers were, were crazy <laughs> which is just wild so uh, I'm sorry Ken Watson people I don't think he's going to do two and I'm sorry to bring up the web nemesis but I can only go with what I believe and I think web's going to take first um, Roxon second and I think uh, Tomac third alright okay We'll have to run a, a season tally next year, Brad, so we can get something. Yeah. Maybe we can put a prize on at the end of it, perhaps. We'll sort that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, loser gets to keep their job. Oh, right, okay. It's getting that vital, is it? <laughs> the winner. That, it's getting that serious, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, well, um, yeah, just... Uh, so it's time to thank our sponsors there before we close the show here. So, yeah, thanks to uh, Gulf Race Fuels for helping us out, as always, um, across sports cars, single-seaters, motorcycle racing, and further afield. Gulf Brand is associated with winning whatever the discipline. And AS3 Performance uh, stock a huge selection of aftermarket motocross parts available for the 1980s Evo two-stroke models to the current four-stroke bikes. Uh, and, of course, Kawasaki Motors UK. Please uh, check out that KLX 140R machine for youth riders. An absolutely beautiful machine uh, to prepare you for a four-stroke future. And uh, yeah, of course. Um, um, yeah, even strokes. Don't forget to miss. Don't forget to get on board and go and uh, use your code, Brad Reader Ten. Yeah, <laughs> I like it when the yeah. guest gets involved. I'm going to encourage that next time as well. Thanks, thanks for that pointing, Darren. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Darren. It's been great to have you on board as it was before. So yeah, thank you for your insights. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Darren. Thank you. Much any, uh, any messages you want to give out to people? Anybody you want to thank? Yeah, uh, no, I got a new sponsor on board, motorsport.com, and I got Alpine Stars wearing the merch. Looks good. And uh, yeah, good stuff. Nice one. Thanks so much, nice. Bradley. No, just Bye even much. strokes. If, um, yeah, they help keep these podcasts going. Yeah, Brad Wheeler 10. I'm trying to get on James <laughs> to get that to Brad Wheeler 15 for you. Get that's that's but, uh, 15, but yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just 10% at the moment, but I'm working on it. But yeah, if you go to even strokes for any motocross stuff you need, that will help us out, keep these podcasts going. If you like them, if you don't, then just go there anyway because they're good, good people. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so great stuff. Nice one. <laughs> I like that you're still trying it for the fifteen percent, and then you're still. Yeah, to I'm going to get it. I will get it before <laughs> the end of the year <laughs> for podcast listeners only. Uh, right, I won't tell you what James has just said. Right, okay, cool. Nice. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks very much. This is it for the uh, MX Vice MSMX review show, and uh, yeah, we will speak to you next week. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Brad. See you again. Cheers, guys. Take care. Thanks. Yeah, thank you.